Hey everyone, Tom here, Alf Metallica. Welcome back to the show where we're going through every single Metallica song in alphabetical order with a guest and just having a conversation about it, whatever springs to mind, you know, a bit of analysis, a bit of history, just general babbling, you know, going off tangent. And today is no different. Today we are looking at Halo on Fire from the band's most recent album, that being Hardwired. Today is an episode where we're looking at something quite familiar for a lot of people, you know, this is a song that would be in, in the memory bank maybe a little more easily than uh, Die Die My Darling or, you know, uh, whatever that one Hetfield did on that South Park movie, you know, um, Hell is Fun or whatever that's called. Today, we have got a guest with us, and I'm very excited to welcome to the show. Drew, how's it going, man? Hey, uh, how's it going, everybody? I'm glad to be on to be on your show. I really appreciate this. It's all good, man. And like a lot of people uh, of a recent crop of guests, you got in touch, I think, like September last year to like book a song. So the program takes time, but the program works if you want to become a guest on Alpha Metallica. But it's, uh, it's great to have you here, Drew. Talking about the band as a whole, how, how did your history begin? When's the first time you hear this band? Yeah, I got into them kind of right around the time where I was starting to get into like other bands. Like I was, um, a lot of, a lot of your people are going to make fun of me for this. I used to be really into like the Disney Channel stuff okay. before I was into like rock and roll, like Hannah Montana and um, Jonas Brothers and crap like that. Yeah. Jonas yeah. Brothers had that uh, what burning up? That was a pretty good song. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like the music video for that too. Yeah, yeah, that but, was good. Yeah, yeah. But how I got into rock music um, was um, watching the first Iron Man trailer or the second one where he's like in the valley and he blows up the tank or whatever, mm. and then you hear the classic Black Sabbath um, Iron Man with the dan dan Dude, my head exploded, and that's kind of how <laughs> my rock, my, uh, my love for rock music started. Um, yeah, so I bought like. Guitar Hero World Tour, and then had a trailer for Metallica. Just a bunch of graphics, not really gameplay for the game. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to check out this Metallica. So I went on the website for the game, and then I heard a bunch of songs, and then I bought, I bought the game with some, um, with some Christmas money. Yeah, so that's kind of how my whole like love for Metallica started. Mm. I just like, I just like how like epic their songs were. Um, and another thing why I liked them so much was at that time I was kind of depressed a lot. It was kind of cool to hear, like, um, there's so many else talk about stuff that I that was feeling at the time, like depression and, like, feeling trapped within yourself. So that was another reason why they appealed to me so much. Going on then, like, what are your favorite releases, would you say, of the band? Oh, on well, album-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it used to be um, Ride the Lightning for the longest time. Um, but I think since reading the um, book, um, Back Into the Front, and like kind of hearing um what the band you know was talking about the the Master of Puppets album with what the book you know is you know based on is, you know based on the making of that album um I really like Masters now um or because um because of that fact because of it was pretty much like Ride the Lightning um in a way but but like the recording was like a lot better. Getting into today's song then Halo on Fire which closes the first disc of Hardwired to Self-Destruct. This is one of the band's longest songs, Drew. Uh, does it earn that length for you? Is it is it worthy of the epicness? Yeah, I, I definitely think so, uh, for sure. Because I actually I actually like a lot of their uh, their longer songs, like um, one and um mm. and you know stuff like that. Like just like just like a big like really epic song. I like epic songs just in general. Um, you know, like Behemoth and Rhapsody by um Queen and um Stairway yeah. to Heaven. Yeah, I like epic epic songs a lot mm, yeah it, it opens quite grandly i mean i must say 
and I know that I am the bit of the contrarian on the show, but I'm not the biggest fan of Halo on Fire. Uh, as I've said before, the Hardwired album to me isn't necessarily one of my favourites, and I don't know, this song maybe is a little a little bland for me in, in parts, I think, some of the riffing, but pe- people love this song, right? I- I'm clearly in the minority here. Yeah, um, yeah, I love this song. It's, um, like I said before, um, before we filmed, um, or before we recorded this, yeah. um, I said I wasn't a, the hugest fan of the song, um, but um, I think now that I've seen them live last year, um, and I, I heard the song live, like I really do like this song. Uh, I think I think it definitely like um, needs to be um, heard live to get like the full effect of it. I feel like, but just my opinion. That's kind of how I felt. And the title, you know, slightly on the nose, taking these motifs, these sigils uh, from the metal canon, the ideas of halos, the idea of things on fire, halo on fire. Uh, what, what do you make of the title? I think, like, well, the whole, like, meaning of the song is basically, like, people that act one way when they're in public, but they're totally different, um, you know, um, when they're in their private life. And um, James Hetfield even said that he based that whole idea off of um, watching the trailer for the first Fifty Shades of Grey um, movie, where you have this guy, Christian Grey, um, who was kind of like clean cut, um, you know, you know, um, you know, in the public eye, mm-hmm. and then like when he's in his private, he's into like this weird kind of sexual kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of an interesting kind of thing to explore um, um, here. Yeah, yeah, the dichotomy, the the duality of it, and you know Hetfield's performance. I think it's it's pretty pretty great actually vocally on this. Uh, I especially love the verse riff that he sings over the sort of spooky shuffle, you know, with the second mm-hmm. drinkers car with the harmonics. It's it's pretty effective and engrossing. Yeah, um, yeah, I tried to analyze some of the lyrics a little bit. Um, yep. The first verse kind of tripped me up a little bit, but I really like the cor- the chorus. Um, I suppose like the last part when he says, um, I fear to turn off the light, for the darkness won't go away. Fast it desire, turn out the light, halo on fire. And that what can I what that kinda pick what I kinda picture with that is, you know, um you know, somebody, you know, um, you know, they come home, you know, from work, um, you know, after interacting with people, you know, or or you know, after, you know, putting on this disguise or this mask. Um, you know how like they present themselves to people and then you know they go home and they turn off the light and like their halo is on fire you, you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like their dark their dark side um comes out and another lyric um pizza lyric that i also like in this song um where kind of connects the whole 50 save shades of gray kind of part of you know idea that you know hetfield was kind of going with it's on the second um verse when he says deprive deprive to feel so alive like when i i listened to the song last night i'm like that's a pretty interesting lyric to kind of connect it back to 50s age with the whole you know thing of that movie or that franchise yeah and the structure as well lyrically of the verses where it's uh, one word one word four words and moving yeah. forward with that or pretty close to that you know it just has nice evocations there james i say is embellishing it enjoying his role um i i guess for me just 
Personally, you know, the melody doesn't strike as deep, but, you know, the halo and fire section where James is singing over the crashing chords that still have the melody at the end and they feel slightly off time, almost like a hit the lights, like they're just slightly off center. And it's very effective, I think, and amphemic, undeniably. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on, oh, I was with you on that. Well, when I first heard the song the first couple of times, you know, the whole, um, you know, repeating the word two times and then saying like a, you know, a different, like a phrase after that. Um, I wasn't really into that. And like, I get the, I, I guess it was part because of, um, I didn't really know what the song was talking about per se. Until I actually heard it feel, you know, explain like the meaning on the song. I'm like, okay, now that I, you know, know what the meaning is and I read these lyrics, I kind of know what this, um, what this guy um, is talking about, you know, what or the meaning behind the song. So that definitely helped out a lot. But the song has quite a lot of different movements. You know, it is quite a lengthy track, as we say, and a lot of a lot of riffing going on. And I actually watched the making of. I don't know if you've seen this. You know, as part of all the hardwired videos they released, Halo on Fire's working title was actually R.I.P. And they've got a great 30-minute video showing them constructing the song. And there's a great moment in the middle when Lars is talking about the composition and saying, like, you know, we need to metal this section up. and We need to put some riffing here. And this is kind of what James comes up with. Uh, you know, these kind of central riffs with all the shifting shapes. You know, I love this section. And then towards the end, when we get the... It almost feels like a lighthouse, like Kirk's guitar. You know, no, 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 like guiding the way to the end of the song and... Uh, Again, that's a big appeal to the masses, I feel, Drew. Yeah, uh, I think another thing that's kind of interesting that makes... Because I guess you can, you can technically call this, like, the ballad of the album in a way. Yeah. Um, is that if you look at the Black album, how that was different from, like, Sanitarium or One or Fade to Black, with, like, that started out slow, and then the verses were heavy, and then, like, the chorus were slow, you know, you know, it was different than all the other ballads that were coming for this. Mm. This one's different where like like when it like when it first starts out, like it is heavy. Like the That's very classic Metallica and you're thinking, Okay, this is gonna be a heavy song and then, you know, it kinda turns into more of a ballad. I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Kirk's solo work in this track. Uh I don't even like the tone he has for the sort of intro pieces. It's just a bit am I savage scooped for me personally. But I think especially uh, the the middle solo feels a little pieced together as we know these are constructed on that wavelength. And then the outro solo should be a, a grand fade to black style flourish, but I feel it's more obviously lick driven. Um, yeah, do what, you know what's funny um, is that before I started listening to um to your show, I used to love Kurt Hammond a lot, and then you kind of mentioned that um you know that you know that you that you really didn't like him, and you kind of explain why you didn't like him about <laughs> that. And I'm like, and then so I started listening to Metallica again, and really listened to like his solos, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think he, I don't like him as much anymore. Right. He has some great, he has some great stuff. Um, oh yeah. Going along. Oh yeah. Um yeah, can I tell you a quick story real quick? Please. Um, yeah, when I went to go see him, um, actually before I went to go um, see him, I was thinking in my head, okay, there, there's going to be one solo where, like, when Kirk's done that I want to, like, yell out in the um, in the crowd and put the devil horns up, Kirk! And so, like, all throughout the night, like, I couldn't, like, like I couldn't find the, the, the right solo to, like, do that for. It was actually one of the solos for um, Hit the Lights that, um, that I did that for. So that was kind of cool. Mm. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sorry to have poisoned your perception of Kirk. I mean, you know, no, just... it's fine because um he actually has some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, actually, um, I think what makes him um really cool um compared to like all the other guys like outside of music is that he's actually a big horror fan like I am. Like, oh yeah. You know, like the Mummy and like uh, Frankenstein and the creature from Lucky Goon, Dracula, and I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big um, horror, like classic horror fan, because I grew up with like Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and Dracula. Hmm. Yeah, so I think that's kind of how he appeals to me in, in a way. I mean, I like all of them. You know what I mean? Even yeah. Jason Newstead, Jason Newstead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you mention his horror stuff because I know he's on uh, Gilbert Godfrey's podcast recently. I listened to a bit oh, really? of that, and uh, yeah, Kirk pretty much mostly just talks about horror on that explicitly yeah. so definitely check that out yeah and kirk is mighty talented like i just finished a solo episode it should be on the channel around about the same time as this dropping of me going through metallica's musical guest appearances you know like when james was on corrosion and conformity or kirk himself who was on lots of stuff from santana's all that i am 2005 he's on this song called trinity played a really good guitar solo uh there's also exodus he's also on the spawn soundtrack with english dance duo orbital um it's a song called satan so yeah Shout out to Kirk, but I just don't feel that Kirk here uh, really does some of his best work. And maybe the song, in my eyes at least, could have been elevated slightly if there was like a absolutely breathtaking solo to end it. But a little like the song altogether, again, I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer on the track mostly, but uh, I don't know. It's it, it, it's okay, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's quite a long number, you know? Yeah, well, actually, I think that... Um... I don't think it's. I don't think. It's, I don't think that's the problem with the song. Right, um, right. It's the length of it. I actually kind of do like the length um, of the song. Um, I mean, I, I actually think it's pretty much a perfect long song. I can't really think of anything that I don't like about it. Um, to be honest with you, mm. um, I think this is probably one of the not the best Metallica solo of all time, but one of the better ones um, off the album. I would, I would say. Yeah, maybe, man. Maybe. Not much competition. Now, um, can I ask you two quick um, questions real quick? Please. Um, what, what would you say is your favorite song off this album? Um, probably Moth. Or like, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite. That's probably my favorites. Yeah. I would say. That and probably, um, I really like um, Atlas Rides. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's really good as well. Yeah, I, I do really like that. I just, yeah. I don't know, this sort of uh, hardwired to me always feels like a sort of load with Death Magnetic in it, but more, more loady. It's more, I don't know, it's a little more forgettable for me, I think, riff-wise. So I guess that's why I'm a little against Hella. But yeah. I think sonically, the song sounds incredible and you know listening on headphones when i was doing my notes earlier today i realized that at certain points in the vocals there's some deep uh, reverb of hetfield's inner demons echoing some of the lyrics that he's saying and it really adds to the immersive experience and yeah you, know, you got to be thankful that in 2016 the band are putting out music like this you know vital interesting music like this yeah um yeah i think that's why i kind of like Especially like the first half of this album, um, Hardwired to Self Destruct, mm. because um, I kind of like how a lot of it kind of talked about um, stuff that's going on right now. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with like you know, uh, um, um, with like you know, celebrity worship and um, and you know, um, um, and, you know, and um, and all that stuff. Uh, or like feeling, you know, like 
to attach to like you know um, your um, like um, technology devices where you know you're actually going to become your devices with the song "Spit Out the Bone." Um, yeah, this, yeah, there's just a lot of um, interesting um, st- um, stuff in here, and I like how it's how like um, like the song "Hardwire" kind of like um, it was like the perfect song to open up this album because it kind of talked about it's kind of a summary of the whole album. You know what I mean? Kind of like it's kind of talking about like we're our own destruction. You know what I mean? In a, in a way. Mm. That that was kind of um, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And the song proves to be popular. Uh, it's been performed 70 times so far. First played in South Korea, Seoul, uh, January 11th, 2017. Last played May 11th, 2018 in Helsinki, Finland. Uh, can you see it becoming a bit of a staple? Um, not really. Um, I think they're gonna, I think like, you know, like in later tours, like tours outside of um, the album, I think they'll pull it out every once in a while. But I think like the live staple, um, um, off this album is going to definitely going to be Moth, Moth to the Flame. Yeah. Cause that's such a, yeah. like a, like a really like angry, like, um, oh, so kind of song with a, with a really um, good riff. And, um, you know, a good chorus to, um, that, you know, everybody's going to kind of sing. Yeah. 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 It, it is the standout hardwired song, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's tough because, like, to me, Metallica's music is so good all across the board. Mm. You know, all tenor albums, even, you know, St. Anger to a certain extent. It's kind of hard to pick out your favorite, like, song off of some of these albums, like Mastered, you know, Hardwired, um, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, there is just uh, spoiler riches, so many classics, and yeah. even the minor songs, as doing this podcast shows, you know, uh, are exceptional. So, um, any closing thoughts on Halo on Fire? Um, not really. Um, actually, I will say I do like the um, the, the very um, the kind of like the ending closing with the now and wow. I love that part. That is such a freaking earworm to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. Cause like I said, I went to go see him during summer break, and I had a lot of time off of work. And then I remember when I went back to work, you know, like a few weeks later. Um, I remember like the whole time, like I had that, I had that, like that roof stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's constructed really well. It doesn't. I, I, I've said it didn't earn its length, but I just think you know the the way it's executed is impressive, no doubt. And uh, you know James and Lars are still collabing really well. And if you watch that making of, as I say, and you see Lars at the you know, sort of frayed ends of haircut that he's got going, uh, he's sort of Cliff Bernstein sort of swag, Rick Rubin, and uh, you know it's really cool to see them discussing this song as well. And uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below. Get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail uh, What do you think of Halo on Fire? Let me know if you want to come on the show as well. There's page on there that's itunes as always you've seen the band live right yes i've seen them i saw last year um july 5th in orlando florida oh nice is that is that local to you is that your closest one um not it's not local currently but um i um, used to live in florida i I lived in jacksonville florida um was that the uh that camping world stadium is that right yeah yeah it was yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool um it was the first it was actually if you want to technically call it my first like hard rock metal concert, um, before then I went to go see um, back in 2010. I went to go see on um, the Train Siberian Orchestra, which was really cool, and they were kind of metal and classical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they were really cool. But Metallica was like my first like full on hard rock and heavy metal, and that was pretty cool. It was, 
Yeah, um, I didn't go into like the um the ground floor area because um my dad like um like, I guess um we couldn't find um I, I guess like the tickets were sold out in that area, so we we kind of went up into like the seating area, kind of like above you know um you know the arena a little bit, but it was still pretty cool. We you know we got a good shot of like the jumbotron, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And to me, well, actually, to me with that, like the music is kind of all kind of you know what matters the most. You know what I mean? Instead of like being up close to them, but that's just me. Absolutely, absolutely. And you said earlier uh, we normally ask what your favorite album is, but you said Master of Puppets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can't really argue with you there. What about your favorite song of the band? Oh man, that that, that changes a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say right now, currently, is um Sanitarium. Um, I think part of the reason why I like it, I like kind of the whole message saying that, you know, I like the whole image of like, you know, being trapped in like an insane asylum where like all the people that work there taking care of the patients kind of think the patients are crazy, but really we're all crazy in our own way. And it kind of reminds me of um, Nurse Rasset mm-hmm. in, the, in that movie, um, um, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think reading the book um, Back to the Front, um, I think even James Hetfield, even mentioned the you know, the Nurse Rasset character in that movie. They always wear their influence on their sleeve, Metallica, and they're always pretty inspired as well. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like they're yeah they they see a lot of stuff in like the news or like in like movies. Um, and so they are kind of inspired about that. Um, they are inspired um by um the Ten Commandments to write um the Creeping Death. I heard. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that's one of your favorite songs. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is actually still my... Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they didn't play that. Um, no, they didn't play it when I saw, I saw them on the same tour, pretty much, and they didn't play it either, and it was uh, disappointing. Yeah, because that's when... Um, I love the... um. That's one of my favorite Metallica riffs, like, just in general, the... And then, like, all the audience, like, members, like, go, Die! Die! I to yell that so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've never done it. I've done it in my room, but yeah, never actually. Uh, yeah, I did that so many times, but <laughs> I mean, let's say most of the classics uh, yeah. when I went to see them. What about your favorite member of the band? Um, definitely have to be James Hetfield. Of course, um, with what I was saying because he was just writing the lyrics um, that I could relate to about you know feeling trapped and you know um, you know feeling depressed and so all the stuff that I was feeling at the time and I'm still kind of feeling right now uh, and mm. you know my you know, part of my, um, part of my life, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I discovered Metallica. It definitely made me feel a lot better about myself. So, you know, um, you know, um, cause like I knew like there's so many else out there. I felt the way I did. Finally, um, if you were to start a podcast about a band like I've done about Metallica, what, what's a band you could do the podcast on confidently? Oh man, there's a lot of bands that I like. There's, there's a few, there's only like a handful of bands that I I like that. I love religiously, like Metallica. But if I gotta pick one, it'd probably be it'd probably Led Zeppelin or like the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Led Zeppelin because I like how their music is so diverse, like Metallica, because you got the folk and the hard rock and you know a little um, reggae in there and you know and all that stuff. Um, but the Stones, I just like their attitude. You know, I like their um their drive when. Like in the 1960s, a lot of like bands were doing like kind of the hippy dippy stuff. Like they were still like doing like really like like punch in the gut kind of like rock and roll stuff. So that's why I love the Stones. They're probably my second favorite band to be honest with you. Yeah, the, uh, I know the Stones. I, I like a little bit of them. I'm not too familiar, but they have such a giant back catalog. They would make for a great podcast. 
I've got yeah, no I doubt about that. Yeah, I think that's another reason why I want to do them because, like, you know, they they kind of got in the hippie kind of stuff a little bit, but yeah. And I kind of like some of that stuff, like, you know, Ruby Tuesday, but I like more like the hard hitting stuff, like Jumping Jack, um, Jumping Jack, um, Jack, um, or Flash. I think was, that's the yeah. that song in the song Bitch. That's probably my favorite Keith Wizard, um, um, riff, the, um, the bitch riff, the dan dan and dan and dan and bam bam. I love that riff. Yeah, they, uh, it's interesting, isn't it, Keith and Ronnie? I, I saw an interview with them where they were saying, like, you know, apart were like average guitar players, but together were better than anyone else. And they do have that nice interweaving that's, uh, so unique and captivating. So, yeah, Rolling Stones podcast. Please go do one maybe in the future, but um, that would be a, a ginormous project. But uh, any anything finally, Drew, you like? I know you got a YouTube channel, is that right? Yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot of content posted um, right now because um, I'm actually working on um, on a big project. Um, like I said before, I'm a big fan of like, the classic Universal monster movies because I grew up with them. Um, so right now I'm working on a, um, oh, I'm working on a project where I'm going to talk about 13 of them. Um, where, you know, I kind of talk about, like, the background and, like, the production and, like, right, the legacy right. and all stuff. So, I'm, I got something like Hunchback and uh, Phantom, Frankenstein, Dracula, Psycho, Wolfman, uh, Jurassic Park. That's cool, yeah, man. Like, That's cool. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of funny because um, Psycho being my favorite horror movie, not really Universal. It wasn't made by Universal. It was Paramount. Hmm. But, like, it was sought on the Universal backlot. And it's distributed by Universal. Like the home videos are distributed by Universal. And when you go to Universal Studios in Hollywood, that's the classiest thing to do. They go on the backlog tour and go see the Psycho House. So, to me, I would I would have been stupid not to include it in you know in my Universal Monster video. Plus, it's my favorite horror movie of all time. So I got kind of have to do it. It's Universal enough for me to do it. And what do people need to search to find your channel? Um. Yeah. Um. That would be Movie Mad. 94 so that's that's not man that's uh mad as an m-a-d mm-hmm. 94 the year i was born okay well we'll put the link down below of that episode and uh thank you so much man this has been great going back through halo on fire as I said before let us know in the comments what you think of the song please subscribe to the channel uh subscribe to movie mad 94 as well uh we got the patreon we got the itunes as ever this has been a pleasure doing the show thank you again to everyone for listening uh drew thank you man yeah i really appreciate this man um yeah thank you for um letting me support um or yeah letting me um plug in my channel um because um yeah, because I'm really passionate about this um, this universal horror project, and I want, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things about you know those movies that people just don't know, and I just kind of want to spread the word because I'm I'm so passionate about those movies. So yeah, I appreciate you um, kind of um, um you know kind of plugging me. Let me plug in that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The least I can do for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate that. And people should go check out the channel. So, yeah, this has been Alpha Talica. Yet again, myself and Drew. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye.